Bitcoin is going to be uh, the big winner or the big loser. Who knows? Then we crash. Bitcoin gets banned into the US or whatever. Bear market. So you're losing money. Then additionally, you still have to pay the bills. Just keep on pushing that unless you're just learning and learning and moving around. Welcome to Cointelegraph's Crypto Trading Secrets Podcast. Hello all, your host BJ Pyrus here. Michael Vandepop is the guest for this episode. Michael has a robust Twitter following of more than 650,000. He trades and invests full-time, participating in multiple different markets, including the crypto market. Michael is also the founder and CEO of crypto education and consultancy firm MN Trading. Without further ado, here's Michael Vandepop. Hey Michael, thanks so much for joining the show to chat. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, it's really great to have you on. So Jumping right in here, typically the show has three parts. First is finding the bottom, during which I ask guests what they think about the price of Bitcoin. So we're almost halfway through 2023 now. Bitcoin saw prices below $17,000 in January and traded up past $30,000 in April, according to Cointelegraph's Bitcoin price index chart. So far, June has seen prices between $25,000 and $28,000 roughly. From a macro longer term view, what's your opinion on Bitcoin's price taking into account 2023 so far, as well as the months ahead? Well, I mean, ultimately, if you ask on social media what the uh, outlook for Bitcoin is currently, I think overall you will be getting an answer of Bitcoin going to 12K and such. I think the sentiment is really bad at this point, and I think that's being pushed a lot by what's happening in the legal framework in the U.S., and all the issues we have on the macroeconomic playing field, while tech is doing really well, uh, the rest of the markets aren't. So where are we looking right now at a period comparable to 2019 and the beginning of 2020? Or it's comparable to, let's say, the end stage of 2015 and the beginning of 2016. I think if we take the four-year cycle for Bitcoin, we're somewhat in those periods in which we are into the playing field of price being very boring, going sideways, accumulation periods where price just chops in a very narrow range and where you can just easily accumulate where people are not getting liquidated based on the fact that the price is really dropping, but people are getting liquidated because time is just taking a longer period and the runway for companies is getting shorter and shorter because there is simply no interest from retail. So I think in terms of the overall playing field for Bitcoin, if you look at what 2023 has brought so far, as you mentioned, Bitcoin has been beneath 17K in January. We are currently trading at 26K, which means that we are doing actually quite well. Although we are not having the big impulse move that we wanted, but originally we have been acting on levels that we were not expecting to see one and a half years ago. So when you would have been saying in the beginning of 2022, where are we trading later this year? I think nobody expected that we would see 15K. We've been going through a complete disaster when it comes to DeFi companies going bankrupt in terms of Celsius, in terms of BlockFi, in terms of Luna. And we've had the exchange being, uh, FTX being collapsed at the end of the year. And then still after that, we we're trading at 26K. So I think overall, we are into an accumulation period. It's quite unsure what are we going to retest the lows. I don't believe that we will. 
we could argue that we're currently having a relatively normal correction in terms of going from around 31k to 26k is pretty standard the only thing that's quite harsh right now is the fact that altcoins are just completely collapsing and that is mostly being pushed by the fact that um, the regulatory framework is being shifted so I think overall it's comparable to 2016 beginning and in the 2019 stage where you just accumulate and where you just wait and the rest is noise until the bull market starts to kick in. Interesting. So do you think Bitcoin is still in a bear market? I don't believe we will be retesting or making newer lows. So theoretically, that would mean that we are already at the start of the bull. If you go back in the previous cycles... The bottom of the 2014-2017 cycle was also somewhere 2015. We had a retest afterwards, but then we didn't come back to the lows. The same kind of happened in 2018, 2019, 2020, in which we made the low at like 3.2k in November 2018. Didn't really revisit the lows. And I think we wouldn't be testing those lows at all unless BitMEX engine started to fail. Hence why we started to drop to 3.8k. So I think the chances of being bottomed out and being into a bull cycle, if you look at it from a theoretical aspect, I think that uh, the chances are quite heavily skewed towards positive that we've finished the entire bear market. Unless some crazy regulatory frameworks are going to be built that Bitcoin gets banned into the US or whatever. But I think that we're actually in the start of a bull cycle and that is usually the period where it's boring, as I mentioned, and the interest from retail isn't there. Retail picks up later in the cycle. Institutions are usually picking up in this period or the smart money or the wills, how you want to phrase that. And that's what you can see in terms of Fidelity, BlackRock, all the big parties are jumping into the markets, giving the ability of institutional investors to be trading into ETFs or CFDs, opening up more liquidity into the markets so they can also push the prices down a little bit more. But those are the ones that are currently accumulating and not retail. And I think that clarifies that we are currently in a stage of accumulation and actually finish the bear market. Gotcha. So what do you think has impacted Bitcoin's price the most so far in 2023? I think overall the crypto markets tended to move alongside indices at the beginning of the year. And I think they are more or less correlated to gold instead of indices because last few months you can see that the entire correlation has flipped why is that well technically mostly due to some intrinsic market environments that are taking over Uh, we've got the binance sec case we've got the coinbase sec case still got the xrp case so the entire regulatory framework is being built right now so i think that the crypto markets overall don't have that much liquidity which makes it easier to move markets and i think that Those intrinsic market challenges that we have have been pushing the prices down. But I think that the macro playing fields in terms of the inflationary data, in terms of unemployment and the Fed making decisions has also been pushing all the markets in which we can also see that gold has been correcting a little bit since the all-time high uh, test. And since then, Bitcoin has also been correcting. I think that currently Bitcoin tends to move more towards a commodity than that it is moving towards the indices. And I think that over the years we will continue to do so. But so far in 2023, it's been very correlated towards gold. And were you mentioning indexes? Is that what you were saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, equities and the US indices. So like S&P and the Dow, they, the correlation has flipped into a negative manner in the past, I would say, six to eight weeks. Well, before that, we were moving alongside. 
and actually the correlation between gold and Bitcoin started to rally a bit more, but you don't see that much of a discussion currently everywhere. But I think the fact that Bitcoin starts to move more like gold makes sense. That means that Bitcoin starts to become a relative safe haven and starts to act like one, as gold always has to be, has been one like that as well. Gotcha. And you might have touched on this a little bit, but what do you think will impact Bitcoin's price the most for the rest of 2023? I think if there's clarity on the framework that's being established in the US in terms of whether or not cryptos are going to be securities or commodities, that's going to push markets. It's because if you have that framework, it opens up for more institutional investors. I don't believe that the US is going to be the big one. I think the other parts of the world are already stepping in. Asia is very progressive. Europe already launched Mika, which is some sort of regulation that is going to enable investors, institutional investors, to get into the markets through a certain framework. I think the US is behind, but the more we get clarity on that, it's going to be beneficial for the markets and activate more liquidity into the markets. And I think additionally, what's going to move markets for Bitcoin is mostly going to be coming from the macroeconomic playing field, which is a potential continuation of the rate hikes, a pause of the rate hikes, an acceleration of unemployment through which a recession kicks in and a pivot needs to happen. I think all those factors are going to move all the markets, including Bitcoin. And that's what we need to find out in the rest of the year, whether or not there's going to be a recession and whether or not Bitcoin is going to be uh, the big winner or the big loser. Who knows? Interesting. So what do you think about future possible Bitcoin cycles? Will the bull and bear cycles continue? Maybe what will they look like and have things permanently changed from the past? If that makes any sense or if you need me to clarify, I can. I think what we have seen is that we've had the four-year cycle. The four-year cycle is pretty much a self-fulfilling prophecy. It has the whole thing included, and usually one to one and a half year after the whole thing, there's the, uh, the peak high of the cycle, then we crash. Usually six to 12 months before the next whole thing is the bottom, also for altcoins, and then we slowly start to pace up into a new cycle. I think Ultimately, the cycle of 2014 to 2018 had its own ingredients. So there were some variables on a macroeconomic playing field that has been disturbing the price action of Bitcoin, but also has been moving the price action of Bitcoin. So in terms of strength or weakness of the dollar, that already took place during that cycle, through which you can also argue that the previous cycle from 2018 to 2021 was quite similar. Although we've had COVID-19, we've had QE, we've had a weak US dollar, which pushed the prices up. And I think ultimately, this cycle will still be the same, although the variables have shifted a little. So we are currently in a QT phase, quantitative tightening. We are in a phase where the interest rates are being accelerated and there are hikes, potentially a recession. But in the end, it's just noise. And usually price repeats its cycle, repeats history, uh, through which... I assume that in this cycle, we still will be having the rally towards the halving. We'll still have a self-fulfilling prophecy after the halving, especially given that the legal framework and regulatory framework is being established, giving more liquidity to the markets, more an ability to build from a fundamental framework or basis so we can actually start growing in terms of adoption. I think over time, I believe that this is probably going to be the last cycle that's going to be a four-year cycle. Simply put, if we are having another bull market where Bitcoin goes through the all-time high, reaches new numbers, I think ultimately we are going to reach a stage where 
the significance and the size of the crypto markets are going to be relatively large, which means that to continue the four-year cycle, it's going to be quite hard to establish so much liquidity in the markets again to continue that pace. So what I think will be taking place is that if the frameworks are established and we are opening up, we have one more relatively hype cycle. And after that, the cycles will just start to take longer before we reach the new all-time highs. Simple because... A whole thing doesn't have to be the only variable that is moving markets. Macroeconomics are going to take over. The variables are going to be into play. And simply, you need liquidity to move markets. And the larger you get, the harder it will be. Which is also gold used to have relatively short cycles when it just got onto the stock markets too. And now it's a very long-paced cycle. For instance, before we go back to the all-time highs, it took approximately 14 years. So it's going to take longer than I think we are into the final let's say, four-year cycle that is going to be a self-fulfilled prophecy. Interesting. That's a lot of of good thoughts there. So thanks for weighing in on that section. Next section, uh, let's move into trade secrets. So as much as you're comfortable, talk to me about your background. When you were a kid, what did you want to do when you grew up? Well, it's kind of funny. I asked my mom and dad a few months ago, and they said, when I was a kid, I was watching a uh, Dutch TV show, which is called RTLZ. And it's a TV show that is based on the stock market. So they give updates on everything that's happening on the stock market. You can see the data and stuff. And I've been writing down those numbers. So apparently when I was a young kid, I was already liking the stock markets, but didn't really actually activate that at all. So then uh, my background and what I wanted to be is being an entrepreneur. I wanted to be relatively free in the sense of doing my job anywhere I can. Anytime I can, if I don't want to do it, I just don't do it at all. And then during my studies of economics, I got into touch with crypto. And I think from there, everything clicked. I started to get interested and I saw the potential of crypto. And uh, instead of working less, I'm working more now. But I think that's just a short-term thing. At least the interest got triggered. And I think once you found a topic that you really like, you start to feel that you are interested and you start to get motivated and you're just focusing on it. So originally from me as a kid, I think I had interest into everything that is surrounding numbers and stock markets, but uh, only activated when I got into crypto, uh, which is at the beginning of 2017. So it sounds like markets and stuff like that have, have been an interest for you for a long time then. Yeah, they have. They have. I've always been checking it. I mean, the crisis of the real estate markets in 2008 and 2009, I've actively seen in my family too so basically from that period i was like okay so these things can happen how can i prevent that how can i learn from this how can i start to make sure that i'm not making those mistakes myself or being hurt by any of those crises how can i establish a future that i'm going to be free at some point instead of working a nine-to-five job that i maybe like so from that, I was an interest already. And then I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I started to sell some products, learned a lot, did work out for a little while. Then I got stuck up by just being a small player. And then at some point, crypto came along and that opened up a ton of opportunities in the sense of researching, investing, building your entire portfolio, living the free life. Um, and after that, everything just went a little bit too fast in a sense of growing a social media account and educating other people but uh, I still enjoy it and I think this is traveling a lot working from every place that you want is probably uh, a gift and I think it helps the mind and it helps the body and it's actually a step that I really wanted from back in the day that I was just trying to make some money with selling products. So you're a full-time trader correct? Yes that's correct. 
Gotcha. And you trade for a company? No, I'm trading for myself. But with the company, which is MN Trading, we are currently testing out abilities for clients to just deposit their money. So we trade for them too. But that is still relatively difficult to activate. But we are currently um, trying to establish that with multiple parties. And then we will be trading for a client's money too. Interesting. Do you trade and invest in multiple different markets or just crypto? No, I'm investing into multiple markets, especially what I've learned over the cycles. As I mentioned, I'm in, in, in crypto since the beginning of 2017. So I've had, I would say, two bull markets and I'm into my second bear market. What I've learned is that staying into crypto solely is not really beneficial for your portfolio. It decreases the ability to remain flexible to keep your wealth as, as a fact, which means that at some point you can make a lot of money into crypto, but at some point it's not about making more money, but defending what you have. So I think having a conservative, relaxed investment portfolio makes sense, through which you don't want to have day-to-day fluctuations of 10 to 20%, but you want to have a solid conservative portfolio that just generates a certain amount of ROI uh, year after year, which means I'm just simply having cash in my portfolio. I'm having commodities in my portfolio. So as I mentioned, gold, silver, uh, uranium as a fact, actually. I got crypto, but then I just have Bitcoin and ETH and a few altcoins and just barely any allocation towards them. I don't have real estate. I don't have stocks, but at some point I will if the markets are going to provide me the opportunity. So I think I'm just relatively diversified with my investment portfolio, which I just rebalance over time. And that is, for me, a relatively relaxed and balanced approach going through my life in the sense that uh, I really don't want to wake up every day thinking that my crypto portfolio is up 10 to 20% and my entire portfolio is swinging like that. Yeah, that makes sense. How would you describe your trading strategy? Are you technical analysis based? Uh, What does it look like? Like in terms of investing, I'm more or less focused on a fundamental approach and I'm more or less focused on my portfolio in a way that I'm looking at a fundamental approach in the sense of digesting whether or not there will be a a Fed policy switch or whether or not there will be a potential at the end of the cycle regarding indices or there is a recession or the crisis occurring through which I am using that fundamental approach to rebalance my portfolio. So let's assume that I've got 25% in commodities, 25% in crypto, 25% into uh, cash, and 25% in real estate at some point, let's say that. If crypto does really well, that means that my portfolio balance is going to be skewed towards crypto. And regardless of what's happening in the markets, I think that I'll just adjust the growth that I have in crypto towards other assets that are underperforming. So I'm sticking into a relatively balanced view. In that way, I don't really care about fundamentals, but when fundamentals come into play is uh, when I think that I want to reshuffle the balances. So maybe at some point, gold is going to be outperforming heavily, but it gets towards the top of the cycle. I might argue that I want to have 5% in commodities, more in cash, more in crypto, etc. So I'm using a fundamental approach and just a rebalancing portfolio approach when it comes to investments and when I'm trading, I'm mostly focused on technical analysis and just trying to find the optimal spot, have a position, close it at TP or get stopped out, depends, and then just move on towards the next one. The profits are going to be used towards my investment portfolio that I just rebalance over time. And through having such approach when it comes to TA and the trading portfolio that I have, I can just easily log out and just not trade for a few weeks because it doesn't really matter to me. I have my investment portfolio and that's fine. And I just can log off from the screen. So 
with the training portfolio, definitely looking at TA mostly. But uh, with the investment portfolio, it's more skewed towards FA and portfolio balances. Interesting. So how much time, effort, and of your capital do you put toward trading versus investing? What I try to do is that I've got like three portfolios, which is I've got an investment portfolio, which is all markets. I've got a sort of swing trade portfolio, and I've got a trade portfolio, which is used for day-to-day scalps or um, day trade positions that I hold for a few days and not longer. So the balances that I have is usually... I think the higher you get, the more it should be towards the investment and swing trade portfolio. So let's assume you've got 10K and you're trading. It makes sense to take more risk and have like 40% of your investment portfolio, 50% swing trade and 10% into trading. But given the fact that you're growing and you're getting older, you want to have a lower risk appetite. So if you are reaching numbers like 100K, for instance, it makes sense that you're going to grow your investment portfolio and such. And that way, if I look at my portfolio and the balances that I have, I think around 70 to 75% is into the investment portfolio. Approximately like 15 to 20% is into the swing trade portfolio. And I think between 5 to 15, it's swinging a little bit. But that is what I trade on a day-to-day basis. And at some point, I'll just make sure that the trade portfolio goes to zero. And I'm just enjoying my life having the investment portfolio and the swing trade portfolio. Gotcha. Thanks for explaining. Last part in this segment, what was the hardest part about learning to trade and what was learning to trade like for you? I mean, the hardest part is losing it all. So going back into my history, I've experienced 2017. I've had some big wins during that year. I think everybody who went in that cycle has made some money. But then I started to have some real confidence and I went full time on January 1st, 2018. (laughs) That's a tough time to start. (laughs) The worst time to start was January 1st, 2018, I guess. (laughs) Alongside me, a Dutch fund also went public during January 1st, 2018. And we both experienced a pretty rough time because your bags are going down. You never experienced the bear market, so you're losing money. Then additionally, you still have to pay the bills. And you're like experiencing a cycle part that you've never experienced. So you have no clue how to trade that unless you're just learning and learning and moving around. So I think the hardest part is having having the ability to bounce back, but also experience the lows. So I think failures are the periods where you're actually growing. So that was for me the hardest part in the sense that you lose it all. You still have the bills to pay. You like what you do, but you have trouble getting motivated again as the markets are just going down again day after day. And the sentiment is terrible. People are leaving markets. I think that's the hardest part to stay motivated during that period and to just continue pushing forward. So uh, yeah, I can imagine that during a cycle like this, especially as you can see that uh, retail is really locked out of crypto, there's no real interest. I think a bunch of people will have the same feeling we jumped into 2021 and are currently experiencing the first real bear market as altcoins are back to the cycle lows. Just keep on pushing. At some point, you will be rewarded if you keep on uh, going right now. And that's what I've done in 2018 too. Gotcha. Thank you. So moving into the final segment, which is the next bull run. If I'm not mistaken, I think you mentioned that you think we are already in a new bull market for Bitcoin. Is that right? Yeah, I think theoretically, if we don't sweep the low, that would mean that we're into a bull market already. And usually Bitcoin tends to be stronger than altcoins during the first part of the cycle. So in that case, unless we sweep the low, it's very likely that we are currently into the start of a new bull cycle already. 
Okay. So could you potentially give your thoughts on the two different outcomes? So what might happen, in your opinion, in the next several months if Bitcoin does sweep the lows? And then what might happen, in your opinion, if uh, Bitcoin possibly doesn't sweep the lows? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of variables that we clearly are, we don't know the outcome. So we don't know what is most likely going to happen if the Fed, for instance, pauses, how long they are going to pause, what the impact will be to the markets, if we are going to get a ban of crypto into the US. I think ultimately the the chances are, or the scenarios are quite similar to what we've experienced in the previous cycles, which means if we are going to reach the low as the first scenario, if we reach the low, I think we will have a quick sweep like we've experienced in COVID-19 break towards a number of between 12 to 18k getting that reach in have a very fast wick down and bounce back up relatively faster from there the grind upwards takes place which is just the final depression phase or the final i would say wick a liquidation etc what could happen in that case what would be a potential scenario of that happening i think in order to have that to take place we must see another exchange falling down that means Binance needs to collapse, otherwise I don't see this scenario taking place, or a potential crisis starts to take place already, and it's worse than a recession. So a liquidity crunch is taking place, where also the equities are dropping really fast, like the 2008 bubble collapse, etc. I think in this case, that's not really optimal, which means that we've had the exact same example in March, where six banks collapsed, Bitcoin dropped first through a liquidity crunch, and then we started to bounce up very swiftly. I think that if there is going to be a crisis, and as I mentioned, Bitcoin starts to move like gold, I think that Bitcoin actually starts to move upwards instead of downwards as people are jumping out of the banking system into crypto. So in order to have the first scenario take place where a Bitcoin goes towards 12 to 18K, I think really Binance needs to collapse. The other scenario what we have is that we are basically just continuing to range between 20 to let's say 35, 40K. So we can still have like another rally up. What's required for that is then a case where the Fed pauses. Usually when the Fed starts to pause, it is giving a lot of extra relief into the markets. And I think... If during that period the unemployment starts to rally, inflation goes down more than expected, but unemployment starts to rally shows that the economy is weakening, there usually is an ingredient for gold to start rallying too, which means that Bitcoin might start to have an uptrend, needs to hold above a few levels, but let's say 20k is going to be the end of the correction. I think we can start having another rally towards 35 to 40k. And then it's up to what is going to happen later in the year, whether or not the recession kicks in and whether or not we're going to have liquidity crunch. So ultimately, if Binance is not going to collapse, which I think is not going to take place, I think in the range of 20 to 25K that we're seeing beneath us is a case that we could be finding ourselves in higher low or finding ourselves the end of this correction, especially if the Fed is going to somewhere in the summer starts to pause the entire QT. I think that is when the relief starts to kick in for crypto. So those are the two scenarios that I'm basically trading at this point. And so correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you use a lot of other factors other than just charting. Do you maybe want to just explain a little bit on what, how much you use charting versus other information for your investing and your trading? 
like for trading, as I mentioned, I'm using uh, price action and TA, basically a naked price action trader. So that's when the TA comes in. So trading for me is that I position myself into a swing trade position or that I'm going to hold for a few weeks or in case of altcoins for a few months or for day trading purposes. So then I don't really matter which way the markets are going to go to. I just want to have a trade where I make money. So in terms of altcoins, I think over all the coming few months or the periods where you want to build your position into them, usually I would say nine months, 12 months before the Bitcoin halving is the best moment to get into them. But when I discuss a potential cycle low or the scenarios of where Bitcoin is going to go to in the next six months, that is for my investment thesis and then the fundamentals start to kick in. So I want to have a thesis for myself that is basically defined through through fundamental aspects. So I want to see the policy shifts. I want to know what the regulatory framework does. And then I add the price action of Bitcoin. So for instance, in March, we had a relatively harsh correction from I think 26 to like 20K that is being fueled by fundamental aspects of banks collapsing. And then the price started to fall more than expected that people were shorting and also assuming that we were going to go to 12K. And then the fundamental aspect of the banks collapsing, additionally with the RSI levels or the price levels or everybody shorting during that case, is for me the, the strategy that I take. So with investing, I combine them. And the first thing I'm looking at is fundamental. And then I'm looking at price action or TA. Gotcha. Awesome. Just about wraps it up. Thank you so much for all your just answering all the questions and chatting with me about all this. It's been great. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And uh, it was a pleasure to be here in your show. And I'm wishing you all the best in the future for the show as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to Crypto Trading Secrets presented by Cointelegraph. We'll catch you next time.